In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Real. It's about the people. This is Silicon Real, the uh, weekly talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host a show called uh, London Real. From these very studios, we get uh, a similar setup, a couple guys in the room. We try to figure some things out. We've had uh, people like uh, Tim Ferriss from the 4-Hour Everything. We had uh, Bruce Perry from the BBC series Tribe, who used to go to Africa and do all that crazy stuff. He was here. We had Max Kaiser here talking about Bitcoin. I had... um, George Galloway here, uh, charming the pants off of me. So, uh, you know, it's a whole host of things. We actually just uh, launched a, a new Android app to show you that we're on the very cutting edge of technology. So if you want to get that for London Real, that's, uh, that's up right now. But uh, today we're here to talk about tech. This is Silicon Real. My co-host is Mr. Bryce Keene, the founder of Albion Drive. And if you can look at the facial hair... <laughs> Which needs a trim. Which needs a trim. You would know he is one of the three beards. I am indeed. And if you don't know who the three beards are, then you obviously don't live in London because they run the weekly Silicon Drinkabouts right in this very area of Shoreditch. Bryce, uh, how are you and where the hell have you been? I am incredibly good. Uh, I have been everywhere. I've been uh, I've been back to Australia for three and a half weeks. I've been to New York. I've been to Toronto launching Silicon Drinkabout in New York and Toronto. We launched in uh, Sofia in Bulgaria while I was away. We launched in Sao Paulo in Brazil since I've last done that. Crazy. I'm just looking for a reason to go to Brazil and, and Bulgaria now. I need to find a, a reason to get down there. Those guys are amazing. To all our organizers, I hope you're listening because uh, we'll have to get you in at some point. But yeah, we've gone uh, eight cities now since I was last in this chair. Uh, facility every Friday night. And about, hopefully, fingers crossed, 30 more to come this year. So we've had people, 30 more. We have a spreadsheet. People have Jeez. been emailing and saying, I want to bring this Friday night drinks to, to my city, to my town. I want to get all my startup uh, community together for beers on Friday. And we want to create a big global family of people doing the same thing every Friday. So fingers crossed, it'll be a big year for the beards. Um, I'm quietly confident, uh, the, the beardy expansion. Awesome, man. I love it. You know, that's a, that's a big reason why we're doing this when I first met you and then the whole yeah. drink about kind of came into this. And here we are, episode 30. Amazing, man. I know. I, I miss the chair. I miss being in the hot seat. I know, no, it's fun, I've been, right? I've been tuning in on the live, the live thing. is cool. I've You're been, looking uh, alive. Hello. Yeah, because I, I, can, I can tune in like if I'm at work or if I was in Australia, I could like watch it uh, while I was away, which was great. Well, thanks for coming back, man. Please, please be here more often. Um, let's get on with the show. Our guest today is Mr. Ritas Vitkauskas. You got it. Very good, right? Nailed nice. It. Good um, work. You are the, uh, the founder and CEO of YPlan, uh, which is, if you don't know, uh, enables users uh, to buy tickets directly from their smartphones in just a few taps. Exactly, right. in real time, in buy real and go, time. same day. I like this. You, uh, you launched in London in 2012. You launched in New York City last year. I think you're even going to the west coast of the U.S. We'll talk about that in a bit. Sure. Um, I believe you've raised uh, about $12 million in Series A funding mm-hmm. from uh, people like uh, Ashton Kutcher, the actor, who I tweeted today. Um, uh, <laughs> Tell me about the episode. Really. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Ask and him if he'll come on. <laughs> he had tweeted one of our London Real guests from the past, a guy named Adam Grant. So, Do you know he's been into our office? Has he? He came in to visit uh, TransferWise at our co-working space at Albion oh. and uh, I found out afterwards and uh, all the women in production now hate me because they feel like I knew and didn't tell them that he was <laughs> in the building but he yeah. just popped in apparently to say hello with, yeah. his, with a, an investor 
um, and he just thought he'd come in and say hello. Well, there you go. He's here in spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, your other investors include uh, American Express, and, and a bunch of your uh, investors have also invested in Airbnb, Halo, Spotify. It, it's quite a big list. So, uh, Vita, uh, Rita, sorry. Welcome to Silicon Real. Thank you very much for having me here. You know, I, I read somewhere that that, uh, that Plan has been downloaded in like uh, over half a million times, and that like 15% of Londoners have this app on their phone. 20 now. 20. Um, those are big numbers. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's a serious uh, market penetration. I just wondered how you got here. <laughs> um, it's a very good question, and the answer to that is uh, really word of mouth. Uh, the number one driver for Plan of growth is word of mouth, is friends sharing with friends the yeah. coolness of the app and the events that they like. And if they go to an event and they love, they tweet afterwards, they say, went to this event, thank you, Plan. it was amazing. And really the proposition, when you think about it, is quite, quite attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, be spontaneous. That's what we say, be spontaneous. Do something cool right now. Plan is a very, very simple app in the sense that you fire it up. There's a short list of events that we have curated and then we also personalized for you. So all you need to do is just select one, read a little bit more or watch a little video uh, on the app. Uh, two taps, you bought your tickets and you just need to show up at the venue. You don't need to do anything else. Call anyone or you know, print your tickets. You don't need to do any of that. This is my kind of app, right? So like I, I, I'm the worst forward planner ever. Like I'm yeah, always working. We'll, we'll, we'll be good friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I'm working. So I've got, I've got my day job with Albion Drive and I've got my night job and weekend job with Three Beards. So I'm always on the go. When I have a night off, um, I don't know what to do with myself because I'm usually on the go. So this is like, I love this idea, which is like, okay, boom, I can, uh, I can just power it up. I don't, I'm not doing anything. Maybe my mate's down the road. I'll go meet him for a beer. We should do something. And, and it's just like, exactly. here's a bunch of things. You like music? Bang. Here's a bunch of gigs. Yep. With tickets. Right. And exactly. the simplicity is key. Like we had the Halo guys here and I was like, yeah, your app is really simple. And he was like pulling his hair out because he's like, we've got 30 guys making it so simple. Yeah. And, yeah. and like it a, is easy as opposed to simple probably, right? right. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really easy, easy to use. Easy. But behind that goes a lot of brain power and a lot of investment in terms of time and effort and thought in order to make it so easy. Yeah. Right? Because um, ultimately you're a curator. You're not yes. necessarily delivering a service like Halo. Uh, you're actually you're you're trying to introduce people to things that they would like, but that they don't know about. Well, it ends up uh, it ends up being the case that uh, the number one and number two reason uh, why people don't go to more events and instead they resort to going there to their pub around the corner or mm-hmm. you know remain on their couch and grab some popcorn and watch a movie. The number one reason why they're doing that instead of going to more events is that they just don't know that those events are on. Number one reason, they just don't know the event is on. Number two reason, they may know the event is on, but they don't know it's on today. And so they come back to work on Monday and all the coworkers say, oh yeah, I know, I went to see Will I Am and then I went to see Avicii, it was awesome. And you're sitting there and all I did was drink beer at the, at the you know, corner of the pub. <laughs> with, with, like, with Bryce King? This is, all yeah, sounding, yeah. this is all sounding a little bit familiar. So there you go. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with either, but basically what, what, what I'm saying is that, you know, Plan does a very clear job for the consumer. And when you're so focused and actually it resonates with the consumer, this is how you can get that, that sort of viral growth, mm. uh, which is just impossible to engineer in your local mobile commerce models like ours. Okay. I mean, the alternative here is, you know, get a copy of Time Out Magazine every week and you go through these listings and you can't remember what's on. You don't know when it is. And you end up knowing everything that's happening in London and going to none of it. At least that's what happens to me a lot of times. Well, and even if you like something, you know, between you seeing and liking and you going, there is this little step called ticket. How are you going to get there, right? Yeah. You never know if something that's listed on a paper or, you know, on a website that just lists stuff, if tickets are available. How are you going to find out on a day 
it turns out it's really tricky because a lot of the sites actually stop selling their tickets on the day or the day before because the technology is pretty old and it's wired for in advance sales. Yep. So what are you to do, Mr. Customer, when you actually wanna, wanna go out tonight, right? Why plan is the answer so to that question? For, you know, it's something that we ask everyone that's sitting in this chair, and I just wondered if you could just give us a general background about why plan. What have you guys done? What are you going to do? And why do you uh, believe you're going to win in this space? Sure. So, uh, what we have done is uh, we've uh, we've uh, first of all we've dreamed it up, right? Uh, my co-founder and I we created Y Plan from our own pain point and our own use case. Yeah. Um, we wanted to go out badly one night. Uh, it was it was late in the evening. We we're actually hanging out in San Francisco. Uh, we wanted to go and listen to some live music and drink some beers and actually not work for once. Yep. Uh, one evening, um, and we went on Google, and we spent an hour on Google. And in an hour, we were still on Google. We were not out and about and having fun. And, and that was just such a, such, an int- such a kind of natural revelation to us that, geez, this use case is actually broken. Yeah. If I want to go out right now, it's actually pretty tricky to do that with the current tools. So then we started Which thinking- Which year was this? That was stu- late 2011. 11, okay. Late 2011. So this was in December. So we conceived the idea essentially at that point, and it made it then to our whiteboard of other 50 ideas. So that was, you know, it was not a straightforward process for us to come up with it, but then also to pick that one of the, you know, other multiple ideas that we had. But it was very clear very quickly that through our MVP testing, what's called minimum viable product testing, both the consumers and also the event organizers, so promoters, producers, and venues that host the shows, uh, everybody was incredibly excited about the proposition because connecting a willing customer with an existing seat Mm. in real time is hugely value additive to both sides of the equation. Anyhow, so we took that idea from a napkin to a prototype ultimately, from a prototype to a launched product, from a launched product to a successful product, uh, and now I've taken the concept from just being live in London to now also being live in New York, uh, and we're looking into launching a whole host of uh, more cities uh, you know, still, uh, still this year. And in fact, in the next, uh, you know, couple of months, we'll see, uh, we'll see a few more, you know, turn their lights on. Mm, so, mm. um, in terms of what we have done as well is uh, we've built an incredible team uh, of uh, exceptional entrepreneurs at Yplan. You know, we're a team of over 50 right now uh, in, uh, in just about a year and a half since the point where we actually, uh, you know, raised the first, you know, dollar of funding. Uh, and uh, and th- that team is composed of a, a terrific uh, product and development team, uh, which, uh, which come from the world's best uh, technology companies uh, like Skype and Google and you know, Microsoft and, uh, and, and just, just are incredible, uh, incredibly talented people. Um, then we have a full marketing team. Uh, we have uh, what we call a partner development team. So people from the entertainment industry mm. uh, who have experience and relationships you know, in the space. And then we have uh, a, an incredible operations team so that when you actually buy a ticket, you're always getting through the doors. If you have an issue and it's Saturday night, there's always somebody to help you out. So having all those components in place, you know, you have to be you know, pretty lucky, I guess, uh, you know, along the way to really be able to recruit uh, the best people, uh, and we've uh, we've definitely been lucky with that. And th- that last part of that, why will you win? Is that why? Because you're 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 set up in such a way where you have all of these different pieces handled. It's that, uh, and it's a singularity of our focus. You know, we uh, we we don't want to do anything else. You know, Y Plan uh, is a real time going out app. 
and it works as a proposition, uh, it's, it's, it's hugely helpful to everybody involved in the ecosystem, both the consumers and the event organizers. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, and you know, currently we're live in two cities, but if we can do that in 20 cities very soon, and then 200 cities, and then hopefully you know push it into high hundreds of cities, you know, we've we've got a we've got a beautiful thing going that essentially enables the entire world to be a lot more spontaneous, you know, and 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 frankly consume a lot more entertainment uh, and events that will enrich enrich their their social lives and uh, enable them to have an amazing time with their friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, families, and uh, and uh, you know, and workmates as well. You're obviously European, I believe, and you started in London, which was probably you know the closest major city at the time to maybe where you were. But if you could start all over again and put a blank slate up, would you have chosen that city again, sure. and why? Absolutely, uh, indeed, I am. I am European, I'm Lithuanian, Lithuanian born. Okay. Uh, exactly, I grew up there, and uh, my parents uh, still live in Lithuania. Uh, and uh, and so uh, I um, I ended up studying in Germany, studying and working in Germany. Afterwards, uh, then I studied in the in the States for my master's degree, and then came back to Europe and uh, worked in venture capital here in London. So uh, when yeah. we started Y Plan, uh, actually I had left my uh, my my full time job by then, and my co founder had as well. Um, so we took some time afterwards to basically come up with the idea uh, and then start executing it. But we were both already kind of based in London. Uh, and that was, uh, it was a pretty straightforward choice. And you know, we thought, uh, we thought actually pretty long and hard whether it should be San Francisco or New York or London, but for a, a whole host of reasons, London was the perfect place to start it. It has a great demographic profile, a lot of young people, uh, a lot of them are super busy. They don't have time to sift through the clutter. You actually can add a lot of value by curating and by providing a very, very, very convenient experience, right? Uh, and so, it's like this thing. Well, you're just thinking about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like this is okay. just like a description of me and of you, my yeah. life while he's describing perfect. this. Yeah, so. I mean Bryce is perfect, right? Because he's, he's Bryce he's, is perfect. He's, yeah, he's yeah. mobile. He's in the demographic. Stop it, you he, guys. He doesn't have a social life. <laughs> oh everything. god. But he's plugged in. I mean, this you know you want that 30 to 35 year old audience that you has the smartphone that uses yeah. Halo. That's happy to use a service like you guys. Oh, absolutely! And and where the world is heading, you know, we're we're not changing necessarily, you know, the the, the habits, uh, you know, of of the of the of the people over the world. Yeah, the yeah. world is becoming more spontaneous, irrespective, you know, of what we want or don't want it to do. You know, people are getting everything now through their phones. They expect it in real time. They have extremely high or extremely low tolerance, you know, for poor customer service. Yeah. They want everything now. And they uh, and they want everything kind of easily accessible, right? Uh, and so that's where the world is heading. And the same is true, you know, in the hotel industry, you know, with players like Hotel Tonight, obviously, you know, doing an amazing job there. Uh, same is true in the, you know, uh, cabin transportation space, right, with the halos uh, of the world, as you rightly mentioned. Same is true in the event space with uh, with Yplan. And event space is an $80 billion industry globally. Uh, that's, uh, that's only sports, uh, you know, theater, music, and, and cinema. That's $80 billion. And that... Mm. It, almost every other seat is left empty currently. So there's almost another $80 you could add to, $80 billion you could add to the industry, uh, you know, or we can add to the industry if we do our job well uh, at the end of the day. So the opportunity is compelling. You know, $80 billion is twice more uh, than the GDP of a country that I come from. It's uh, an annual GDP. So it's a, it's a pretty compelling opportunity we're going after. Okay. Now you've recently crossed the Atlantic 
And we see many companies across the Atlantic, but it's usually come in the other way. Mm-hmm. And we spoke to, you know, Courtney uh, Boyd Myers about this. We've spoken a lot about taking the business model of America and transferring it to Europe, how they can fail, how they can not. But we don't see very often someone taking a, a UK business model and going there. And I was wondering if it's something you thought long and hard of. Is there something you decided to tackle it in a different way so you wouldn't mm-hmm. get into stuck with a lot of the problems that have happened in the past yeah. with companies trying to go west? I would say that going east or going west is, is probably equally difficult if you try to do it on a remote control type basis. So trying to set up yeah. shop in London if you're a San Francisco company is as difficult as it is to do it the other way around. There's all sorts of difference, particularly cultural nuances, uh, the uh, kind of the nuances of managing the team effectively, differences in the market, you know, local competition and all things like that. So the difference in approach that we took ultimately was that we said, okay, if we want to go live in New York, you know, my co-founder and I and also some other members of the team will have to spend a lot of time in New York. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is now, you know, people ask, you know, where I live. And, you know, my flight, my, my answer is, I, you know, I live in NBA flight, you know, 1518, which is, uh, you know, London, New York. So that means, you know, we're, we're really taking it seriously. Uh, and, uh, you know, having, uh, having us on the ground actually helps not only to transfer the culture, of the company and kind of make sure uh, that we that we transfer all the key uh, and important things that we value at Yplan internally, uh, but also that we really invest the effort and the resources into into getting it right, right. And if something is not right, we're fixing it in real time uh, and we're, uh, we're we're letting none of that slip through the cracks. So mm. that's uh, that, that's really really important. And uh, you know you can see uh, multiple European companies actually do a really good job of you know crossing the uh, crossing the Atlantic. You know look at guys like Spotify for example, done a phenomenal job. Right, uh, City Mapper as well. You know, from London, uh, not a very large team, but incredibly talented. You know, and done a great job. You know, of you know launching New York, most recently Paris now too. Uh, and uh, so there, are, there are ways to do it successfully, uh, certainly. But it does require a certain amount of effort, and uh, typically a pretty large one. I think it makes a big statement when you go because it shows the investors, it shows the employees, and it shows the customers that like you're really serious about this. Yeah, you're not just sending someone to go open up the frontier office. You know. Yeah. Well, and you know we. You know, as you rightly say, you know, we just, we just, we just take it, we just take it very seriously. Which is not to say that we don't don't take London seriously at all. Which is why I'm sitting with you here in right. London, right? <laughs> so uh, we spend a lot of time in London as well, and making sure that you know we continue capitalizing on the incredible momentum. You know, yes, 20% of the Londoners, you know, have the Y Plan app, but 80% still don't. And we also just recently <laughs> launched like the Android app. Entrepreneur, yeah. But, but seriously, you know, we only just launched the Android app. And okay. so the, the penetration there is still, you know, has a long way to go to its potential. So there is there's a lot of things that we uh, that we still need to do, uh, you know, in order to really uh, kind of optimize on the potential that we have. So, you know, we want to we wanna make sure that, you know, we spend a lot of time in, uh, in London too. So as you can imagine, there's, uh, there's a lot of miles, air miles being accumulated. Yeah, go. You, you were so I, I got a, I, I mean, I got a couple of questions. I want to sort of dive in. Like, got about the business card. About the well, <laughs> I do like these shiny business cards. We had a little, it, we, we had a little Moo American Psycho esque business card yeah. where I, where I gave Richard my business card, and he said, "Well, just sell down, son. I've got I've got equal thickness business card with well, eggshell." Right, see, yours is equally card. cool. I think. I don't know. I really like the. Other I don't know. Side. It's got, uh, mine's got ducks, but oh, yours has got eggshell. Yeah. I'm gonna Look, have a. I, 
I got some street, cool. some street art here. Ooh, check it out. Oh, that's Ooh. also yeah. cool. And then pictures of us in the studio. That oh, oh you got two-sided. Like. Yeah, now nice. we're I'm, I'm, I'm going to start sweating but now. My apologies. I think, I think Rita's has it with the embossed. He's like, got it with the embossed, doesn't he? The eggshell tiling. Nice little touch. If you're not familiar with it. That's our designers, by the way. Shout out to designers. Yeah, yeah. Give a shout out to designers everywhere. That's a lovely card. It's from the movie American Psycho, where all of these guys compare cards as if it's probably the most important thing in the universe. they own. And they all start sweating when they're like, yeah, the different fonts. I have a question. So a couple of questions. So about um, about Y plan. So one of the interesting things you just said was um, that you know sometimes twenty to fifty percent of seats are left untaken at, at events, and that's mm-hmm. the, the gap that you're filling now. As a someone who lives in London, um, let's take live music for example, because that's um, obviously one that I think everyone can relate to going to live music gigs. One of the problems I always have in um, in London is uh, there are so many services kind of saying, okay, the gig's coming or there's mm-hmm. this band's touring and oh, tickets are on sale and I always seem to miss out. Mm-hmm. I was curious whether Y-Plan um, is tapping into that kind of, is there is it like late stage tickets or like how, how do they, that's one my first question, which is how mm-hmm. that, that issue of, I, I always find this issue with anything that, sure. the, the hassle of trying to find tickets. Yeah. Well, that aren't sold out is often a big deal. In just, uh, just, just kind of to, to clarify that a little bit, you know, uh, everything you see on Y Plan uh, is live, and we have access to the event. So, yep. what you see, you can buy. If you don't see it, you can't buy it. Yep. Very simple, right? So, what we try to do is obviously make sure that you can access the best and coolest events happening in London, and that will be that will be a Will I Am concert one day, and a Beyonce concert, you know, the other day, yep. and then a third day it would be you know Punch Drunk, uh, and you know a fourth day it may be something you know equally you know quirky and cool, uh, you know, in shortage. So, uh, but it's, it's it's very important for us, you know, that we that we don't become a listing service, you know, yep. of just like showing you everything that's out there. Everything you can see, you can buy. Right? Cool on uh, on Y Plan. And the other point that you mentioned is that you know a lot of the things seem to sell out. Um, which is, you know, tr- true, I guess, in about 2% of the cases, indeed. Um, the other 98% of the cases, what may happen is, you know, the concert goes on sale. The initial allocation for the on-sale may sell out, but there will be more tickets released as, they close, uh, as we can get closer to the show. Yep. And so what we tap into is, you know, that opportunity to offer the kind of true, true, true last-minute seats to our customers. That's right? interesting. Yeah, that was what yeah. I was kind of getting at, which is, yeah. you mentioned, which mentioned earlier it's current booking systems are still old legacy systems and are geared towards forwards they need to stop a day or two well yeah and you know if you think about you know if you if you if you if you if you're a music promoter you know you you would want you know as many tickets to sell as early as you can because that is that is good for your business and you know that is perfectly fine now you know we at Wipeland just realized that actually there's you know natural tendency for some people not everyone but for some people particularly who are not super fans of a particular band you know they may or may not go and they are not willing to commit six months in advance to may or may not going, but paying money for it, right? Yeah. So they may, in all likelihood, go if you offer them that opportunity, you know, two days before or the day off, you know, which is where Y Plan's proposition really comes uh, comes to life. See, this is, this is I'll tell you why I, I read this. I got back from uh, New York and Toronto, and I found an envelope on my desk, and it was a ticket to see the National which I'd bought six months beforehand, right. knowing it would sell out. And then it turned out I was in New York and Toronto, completely forgot that I and had a ticket. And you missed it. Completely missed it. Because you didn't unopened. why plan. Because I didn't yeah. why you plan. You price planned. Yeah. But that, that dovetails nicely into my second question, which mm-hmm. is around this, which is <clears throat> it's, it, why plan gives you sort of, based on your kind of um, things that you're into, gives you sort of what, 10 to 15 kind of curated mm-hmm. suggestions of things you can do. 
How does that work on the back end when what I would imagine, if we were looking at it like a funnel, mm-hmm. is an incredible, even London or New York, an incredible amount at this end and about this much mm-hmm. per individual user that's tailored. Yep. How do you source that content? How do you filter that content? Um, and I'm particularly interested in this in terms of uh, going back to Brian's original question about when, when you started, because to me, two guys trying to collate all of the events in a, in a night every single day. To so that's not how Wackland works. Uh, actually, let's, uh, you know, it's, it's probably good to clarify that. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, you know, we don't scrape information from other sites. We don't collate all the information from you know, other sources. Wackland actually is a marketplace. We work directly with concert promoters, with theater producers, and oh, with okay. the venues. We work directly with them. Uh, and so we get access to events directly from the organizer of the event. Very laborious. <laughs> I can tell you that. I, I believe you. And very <laughs> slow. Okay. But we have our ways of speeding it up uh, and making sure that we do an incredibly good job to them, you know, whenever we work directly uh, with event partners, which means basically that we're building a very large kind of relationship base yeah. uh, in every city that we, uh, that we launch. And then ultimately, you know, if you fast forward why I plan, you know, into a couple of years down the line, yeah, we will be able to access, you know, an equally large pool uh, of, you know, in events, except you know, we have a, a transactional access. We can actually allow you to go to anything. And then, so currently we really kind of uh, focus on curation, mm-hmm. more so than personalization, but increasingly more, you know, the list is getting more and more personalized to you, which means we can have on the back end running 500 events in London, but you're only seeing 15 that are really, really, really good fits for you. Yeah. And so this is where, you know, this is a version of the world that we're, uh, that we're heading towards, obviously, because uh, we think the days of, you know, long listings and kind of, you know, long browsing and pretty exhaustive, you know, figuring out process, we think all of that is over. These things are smart enough, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. to know a lot about you and to be able to suggest a lot to you if you put in the right software onto the phone and the right software in this case is my plan. Awesome. Let, let, let me find out about New York a bit. You've been over there now for what, nine months on the ground and, and live about three or four months? Well, yeah, we launched, uh, we launched in late, uh, late 2013, so. What have you learned about New York, about the Americans, um, and how does that city compare to London, you know, when, when it mm-hmm. comes to selling your product to an audience? Right? Sure. I mean, New Yorkers are equally spontaneous or even more spontaneous uh, than, uh, than Londoners. Uh, it's a very, very social city. Uh, everybody's out in about three, four nights a week. It's just, just a custom. There, the People are out and about. They eat out. They go to music shows. Uh, you know, there's a big, obviously, you know, Broadway uh, kind of show community there. Uh, and there's, there's just a lot going on. The clubbing scene is just amazing. Etc. So the the types of events that people go to differ a little bit uh, in uh, in New York versus London. Like not not a huge amount, but they do differ a little bit. For instance, you know, in the in the summertime, they actually have a lot of sun, as opposed to London, which has less sun. Which means rooftop parties is just a huge part of the scene in the entire summer, right? Oh, yeah. So you got to have that sort of supply, uh, you know, uh, as part of the proposition uh, if you are to to cater to the to the local uh, to the local you know customer ultimately, right? Uh, so there's a lot of kind of subtle nuances nuances like that, uh, and uh, and other than that, you know, we find that the demographics is, is similar. It's you know as you rightly mentioned, it's you know 20 to 35 year olds uh, who are very socially active uh, and who go out a lot anyway. And so with Yplan, they just go out to new things and you know see new places, new shows, uh, you know, as opposed to just going around the corner and grabbing a beer. Uh, or going to the same restaurant, you know, for uh, for dinner, they may end up going to something, you know, to a, a more special place uh, and have a wine tasting, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, with their with their loved one, uh, and and have uh, and have a great night out, you know, that way. 
What surprised you most about New York and what didn't surprise you? Uh, I don't know if it really kind of surprises, but uh, you know, New Yorkers are very discerning uh, as, as customers. They're, they're very quick to love if they, if they really like something uh, and they're pretty quick to drop as well if they don't like a particular service. So uh, you, have to, you have to really go out of your way uh, in order to uh, kind of find, uh, find a way to please the customer. Thankfully, our entire business model is built exactly like that. Yeah. You know, customers expect a great looking app, they expect an easy transaction, and then they expect fantastic customer service through and through. Right. And <laughs> thankfully, this is all the key kind of pillars that, yeah. my, that our company is, uh, is ultimately built on, right? So, so I think the team in New York has been is just, just super ready, you know, for this sort of uh, reception in the market, uh, and we've delivered in every single instance. You know, our reviews on the you know U.S. App Store are, are equally strong as they are in the in the U.K. App Store. And the U.K. App Store is like ninety five percent, you know, five star reviews basically that we have, uh, and that's that's precisely because of that. Our religious focus on uh, on customer experience. And were you foreseeing problems in New York that actually didn't manifest? Were you expecting A, you know, X, Y, and Z to be a problem and then it actually wasn't as bad? It's the wrong question, Ryan. I'm paranoid about everything. So uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, this and that will go wrong. And, you know, we've never transacted in dollars. We only transacted in pounds. Right. And, like, how is this going to look like or that's going to look like? Are people going to go, you know, get through the doors when they show up? Is the ticket going to be valid? All of those things. You know, but thank thankfully, we've, uh, we actually didn't have any, any, of those major, uh, any of those major issues. So, I mean... There's, there, there's been like small bumps along the way, of course, but nothing that would actually prevent us to say that, you know, New York has been a, a super, super successful launch. The momentum in New York has actually been uh, interestingly stronger than what we'd seen in London in the early days. So we're, we're very encouraged by the first few months of, uh, you know, being live there. Yeah, yeah. And the, there was the question I wanted to ask you earlier before we started going, but, you know, you're going to the West Coast. And uh, obviously, part of your business plan, as you've said in the past, is to be in two or 300 cities someday. Um, so you're going West Coast. What do you need to make sure you do and then that you don't do when you start expanding, you know, exponentially? Yeah, I was like curious about what's the research process like in like, you know, going from London to New York, as Brian said, you know, mm -hmm. how long do you spend on the ground? Like how do you get your feel? For and that? that's an obvious move. But then from New York where you go, that's not obvious. It's not obvious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, none of those decisions are, are obvious, frankly. So uh, what you try to do is you try to identify what are the key ingredients for success in order for a market to be successful, right? Uh, and the simple kind of way to put it is that we have two sides of the market. We deal with the, uh, with the event partners, promoters, producers, venues on the one hand, and we deal with the consumer customers on the other hand. So what you want to do is that is you want to you want to really understand the landscape on both sides and see where your value proposition can bring the most value to both sides of the market, right? So for instance, New York, just just very well fitting, lots of young people, yep. right? Similar to London, frankly, very busy, right? Uh, very social, you know, highly engaged in trying out new things and, you know, new events. And then uh, and everybody has smartphones. And population density. And population density, yeah. Accessible city, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good starting point. Uh, and then on the supply side, there is a lot going on, right? There's just a lot of events. There is, you know, sports teams. There is, you know, music events. There is theater land that's pretty active, of course. There's a big comedy scene, clubbing, all that. So, <coughs> so you look at all these factors and you try, to make, uh, you try to make judgment calls, basically, for, you know, where you believe, you know, that market is going to fit your, uh, you know, with your, with your proposition ultimately the best. 
Um, and then uh, and then going west, uh, you know, we've uh, we've mentioned uh, previously that you know we're looking to launch you know several cities there, uh, which is not to say that we won't do more on the east coast or that we won't do more in the UK. Uh, it's just a question of when and a question of managerial and execution resources that you know that we have at our company. You know, thankfully, when things are going so well, it's actually reasonably you know easy, I would say, uh, and and we're really lucky to be in that position to recruit the absolute best people to join our company, which means you know pretty soon we will have the managerial resources to be pushing on a lot more fronts uh, than, uh, than, we, uh, than we are right now. So what you will see is in an accelerating pace of new city launches. And at some point, I'm hoping we'll reach the pace where every month we're launching you know, multiple cities. And so that's when it starts to get really, really interesting. Imagine you have your Y plan on your phone uh, and you, you just hopped on uh, your star. You just arrived in Paris. You just took out your phone, fired up Y plan, and you, you're a jazz lover, let's say. And it shows you the coolest three jazz gigs going on in Paris tonight. And you can go with just two taps. You just need to show up then. And then you hop onto a flight and you find yourself in New York. And it's the same thing. And then you hop onto another flight, you'll find yourself in Detroit. And it's another thing. Very then you go back to Australia, you land in Sydney. Uh, and, uh, and it says, well, actually, tonight you can go to these amazing jazz events. And by the way, there's these other cool things that you haven't thought of before. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes really, really, really interesting because we've just allowed you to explore the world like you could never do it before. And this is where YPlan is heading. You know, where YPlan is not a ticketing service. It's a real-time discovery service, your social life on demand. And you'll be in California this year? Uh, yes, definitely. San Francisco, LA, something like that. We'll see several cities go live uh, okay. in there. Yeah. San Diego, no, I mean, my hometown. There's not uh, enough, there's not are enough. you from San Diego? Am, yeah, yeah love I, don't, place. I don't know if there's enough going on down there. Right. <laughs> well, there's definitely enough going on in, you know, in San Francisco and LA. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, good. You know, this is Silicon Real, and so we like to get real and ask a couple uh, tough questions. Uh, I hope you have one, but, but I have one for you. You know, it's one thing to have your app on, say, 20% of the people's phones in London, which is a big improvement. And I have to confess, I had the Plan app on my phone for a long time. I remember you were running ads in the tube and stuff, but, you know, the last few days where I actually started using it, and I was like, okay, wow. I was like, Bryce, I really need to be getting out more yeah. and using this thing. How do you get people, once they have the app, to use the app? Mm-hmm. How can you um, get that trigger going? And it's a, it's, it, it is indeed a tough question because there is no one answer to that question. So what uh, what you're referring to is, you know, actual kind of active usage of the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thankfully, there is a very natural kind of network effect there. Like if if Bryce were to tell you, hey, you know, Whiteland has been really cool, just went out and saw, you know, this very cool gig. And then I, I told you the next day and another friend told you the next day, I guarantee that you will go to a Whiteland event in the next couple of weeks. So having the, the more active users we have, the more new active users we get. Right. And we know that once you've gone out with Yplan, you're in love. You're in absolute love because it was easy. It was convenient. You just showed up with your phone. You got in. Likely, you got a preferential treatment as well. You got like a great seat or, you know, something else. And so from there on, you're a devoted lover. So there is a little bit a lover of Yplan. And, and so for us, kind of the bigger, uh, the bigger barrier is to... Um, is to get people to use Yplan for the first time. And there's really no, no easy answer to that. Is what we're doing hasn't been done before. It's mobile only, focused on real-time events. It's bloody difficult to get mm-hmm. it right. So what you have to do is you have to really focus, you know, figure out the use cases, create trust for your customers uh, by, uh, by always delivering on the service. And once enough of your friends have gotten a great service, you will start using it as well. So, you know, the simple, the simple answer to that is, you know, the more active users that we have, the more active users we get. 
uh, on the uh, you know on the back of that. And if someone goes to a cool event, they'll tell their friend about it, and they'll say, "How'd you get on that?" Yeah. So like the events almost promote you. Yeah. It's as opposed to getting a sandwich. I got this great sandwich. Yeah. How'd you get it? <laughs> so that helped. That that works in your favor. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Bryce, uh, what am I missing here? Um, I suppose for a question for um, I guess some of the the listeners and the, and the viewers who are thinking about starting something. So. Um, how did you open those first doors? So you, you deal directly, as you said, with the companies, the promoters, the venues, the entertainment companies. You know, you've got two young guys who are coming in saying, we're gonna, we, we built this app and here's what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to open that door? How did you start those first moves did, you know, to get someone to just give you a shot, trial out, Send yeah, things it's easy. You just go there, knock on the doors, they open, they sign on the contract. There is. It was actually <laughs> very, very painful initially. Uh, but uh, to be honest, I think one thing that in retrospect we did extremely well uh, is, you know, Vic and I, uh, Vic is my co-founder and CTO of the company and I run the business side uh, yep. of the business. Uh, as a CEO. And uh, what we did is we surrounded ourselves with people from the entertainment industry uh, in our team. And that was that was a game changer, basically, right? To have uh, to have folks who really understand and have been doing this, uh, you know, this a very similar job for a while, and they have the connections and they have the understanding, they understand the sensitivities and what needs to be done in order to be successful with that has been has been instrumental. Just like it has been instrumental for us to get you know the best designers and developers to get the app to look. The way it does, just like it was instrumental for us to get you know the marketing team in place that actually knew how to acquire, engage, and convert customers when you're only live on a mobile device. That is that is pretty tricky. There's not a lot of ways to do it. You have yeah. to really understand it. So, uh, you know, the simple answer to that is surround yourself with the best professionals that you can, uh, unless your own network and your own skill set, uh, you know, kind of naturally leads you. Uh, to being successful uh, in a particular, you know, business or you know, startup idea that you uh, that you just ventured out to do. And did you find these people? Did you start reaching out to these people before you got your first kind of seed funding, or how early on in the? In parallel, everything was happening in parallel. Basically, we once Vic and I tested the concept and we saw that it has wings, and and not only kind of wings, but actually big wings. Um, we uh, we started uh, doing multiple things at the same time, uh, kind of in a very focused way. But it was like th- two or three big work streams. Uh, one was the funding because yep. this is this is a model that is just expensive to build. It's a marketplace model. It requires you to have the events in order to have the customers. If you have the customers, you'll get more events. And like it's a it's a chicken and egg at its at its most beautiful and or ugly, I should say, probably form, <laughs> because it is a, a full-on chicken and egg, uh, you know, problem. Um, and uh, you know, the other work stream was uh, was obviously to uh, you know to to continue to validate uh, to validate the thesis while we were fundraising, so that we could you know continue to show the investors that um, that this idea has legs. How, but did you, how did you do that? Like, how did you do that early stage testing? Before the very then? very first uh, kind of stage of testing was um, you know my that's why we teamed up with Vic to do a, to to start up a company together. Uh, you know, Vic is uh, Vic's um, uh, background is uh, in engineering and uh, and computer science. He's a developer himself. Uh, you know, he studied artificial for artificial intelligence and robotics, basically for his master's degree. The smartest, uh, the smartest guy I'd ever known. Uh, and so for me, it was you know pretty much a no-brainer uh, when we uh, when we kind of decided to team up together to have this sort of complementary skill set, you yep. know, to what was my strength, which was the business side of the business. And so Vic basically developed a prototype uh, that was not until a few months, you know, after our kind of early, early testing, but Vic ended up developing a prototype in uh, only three weeks, which, uh, which was an app uh, where you could see events uh, and you could say book now 
you couldn't actually transact on the app. There was no financial element to it. Once you said book now, we would send you a PayPal link later on. Uh, and you have to pay us uh, basically with PayPal. Uh, and then uh, also when we saw that somebody had booked, we would run ourselves to the ticket office, buy the ticket and hand deliver it to the customer. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the most insane couple of months when we were running this as a small, small, small group, like yeah. small manageable group of mostly friends of friends or like people we vaguely knew. Yep. But we gave them the app and we said, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're trialing this interesting idea and we think it can be massive. Would you, would you like to try it out? And people were interested and excited. They didn't know us personally, but yeah, whatever, you know, sounds interesting. And we gave it to people and we thought people were going crazy. They were using it, you know, they were opening it up at two in the morning just to see what's on for the next day, what just came onto the app the next day. And then they would wake up and they would actually start buying tickets that we actually didn't have access for. So that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, and, uh, you, know, those, the, you know, those couple of months were, were one of the longest hours, I guess, that we, uh, that we had yeah. to put in, obviously. Uh, creating a marketplace, you know, uh, for just two people is, uh, is, is a lot. Um, but that was our way to validate, to validate the thesis. Uh, and meanwhile, I was sleeping on his couch uh, and basically, because I didn't have an apartment at the time, I just turned it in in order to save money. Uh, but that meant that, you know, we spent a lot of quality time actually thinking yeah. and, you know, developing and testing, iterating uh, and learning from that. And we would feed it back, you know, straight to the investors that we were talking to and they just saw how much progress was, was happening. And ultimately, you know, we closed the first investment round in July of 2012, late July 2012. So that was until, you know, August. Um, September, October, and in October, we went live basically to a small group uh, of like real world customers. And then in November, we went live to the entire London. In four months, we built the app, we built the backend, we built the marketing plan, and we built the supply relationships and everything else that goes with the business. Um, you know, and that's, uh, that, that's just, just not very easy to do. You have no. to be really focused. That's a great and you have to be, you, you have to have an incredible team, right? And that's what I always attribute Y Plan success to is the team. Because uh, you can be as visionary as you want, but if you don't have great team in your you know, sitting there with you in these late hours and cranking away and doing everything it takes in order to succeed. Well, if you, if you, if you have that, then you're on to a winner likely. Uh, and if you don't, then, then basically it's, it's tricky. And didn't Stephen Fry famously endorse you at one point? He I did. Uh, and that was, that was of viral so marketing. much fun. Yeah. Was, this is really interesting. because We that were talking before we started recording about um, Ritz's card, not in a creepy way to bring the we card talk about again. viral marketing. Viral here. marketing here. Yeah. Um, and the button too. So on, you, you won't be able to see this, uh, dear viewers, but um, at the bottom of, of, of Ritz's card here, it says, for $10 credit, use my code, uh, which I won't read out. It's uh, fine. Uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll post it on the website. Um, but viral marketing, and, and it reminded me um, about uh, Y Plan because for a lot of consumers, and I will count myself in this thing, Y Plan almost felt like it kind of came out of out of nowhere and yeah. just rocketing. It was ever it was on the tubes, as Brian mentioned. Stephen <coughs> Fry tweets about it. I mean, how did that come to you know? How did that come to pass? And you know what? Very question. Yeah, it seems like you have a real focus on. You've mentioned word of mouth already. A real focus on viral marketing. You know, is that intentional? How did you shape that? Because I think it that's a kind of an interesting part of your app and the yeah. fame of your app. Well, it it is intentional because uh, you know mother is uh, the or sort of uh, necessity is the mother of innovation right I guess yeah uh, and uh, when we uh, you know when we when we raised our seed round you know it looked like a large seed round but it really wasn't for the marketplace business that we were building which meant that our marketing budget was actually minuscule it was it was a really really small marketing budget so we had to come up with ways to market and to drive 
user adoption and user growth, mm -hmm. uh, other than just kind of your more more traditional uh, kind of marketing channels. You know, even tube advertising, frankly, didn't happen until late March or April, which is when we were about to close our you know next funding round. So uh, we had to be exceptionally scrappy early on. Yeah. And when Stephen Fry, uh, you know, endorsed us, you know, it was it was fantastic. We had just launched. We were live. It was December the seventeenth. We had launched publicly. You know, on the twenty. Uh, 6th of November into, of 2012. We had just been live for like three weeks. And as it happens, Stephen Fry, who is an absolute tech guru, yeah. who is an actor himself, and who is one of the you know, smartest individuals I'd ever had the pleasure of interacting. Yeah. Um, you know, he just fit, he just fit the bill perfectly and he absolutely got what we were doing. And so that message that, you know, folks in London are trying to change the world and helping in a way, you know, partly the profession that he's in as well, that just kind of resonated, uh, you know, with him, uh, with him completely. So when we got like, we, we weren't expecting this tweet to come out at all, but we actually had a tea with him. Like they, we get, we got a connection uh, with um, with uh, with Stephen Fry um, in the first couple of weeks, uh, so they approached us, and then we said, "Okay, sure, let's meet for tea." We met for tea. We talked about technology for an hour, just where the world is heading. He's an incredible guy, and then and then next morning, I was just sitting there, you know, doing some work on my my laptop, and I hear my co-founder shouting from the other room. I think <laughs> Stephen Fry just, just tweeted about us. Yeah. I'm like, no, this cannot be true. And then I'm looking there at live download numbers, and it's just going like this. It basically yeah. broke through like all the, you know, all the, uh, all the, all the kind of records that we uh, that we'd set before. Uh, and that was definitely a good day, you know. But I would highlight though that you know those sorts of things. And again, this is a you know great endorsement, right? Uh, fantastic uh, to have you know a support really uh, from someone who is just you know an icon. Right, and in also the country. The, for our international people, the most followed person in the UK on Twitter. Yeah, well, he is, right? He yeah, is he, like him the and, quintessential representative of Britain. But it, yeah, yeah and he's all, but right? he's also a massive tech buff, which is, yes. yeah. is what exactly. Say, which is really interesting. The audience he gets is, yeah. is so varied, and it's uh, you know he's got over six and a half million uh, followers now on uh, you know on, on on Twitter, which is uh, which is which is powerful. Uh, but the half life of you know a tweet effect is uh, is about half an hour. So like the effect basically just wanes out immediately, uh, and so you know you're left with a very good memory basically, right? And, uh, and obviously <laughs> and a, and a and quote, you feel and a quote. quote. Hey, Vic, of course. Uh, remember that time when Stephen Fry tweeted about us? Yeah, it was 20 minutes ago. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you know, in, in in all fairness, you know, endorsements like that are, are phenomenal. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and when you get that organically, like the way it happened there. Like, you, you, you know, just take a deep breath and they're okay, you know, God's helping us out here along the way. And what was amazing about that is it then generated press coverage. That was the interesting yeah. thing I remember seeing, which was like, right, he sent a tweet out and not only did it downloads, journalists started writing about this right, app about from that London tweet. that Stephen Fry has suddenly said is worth checking out. It's yeah. really cool, which yeah. is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, very, very, very interesting side effect there. Yeah. And then you have to get back to work at, for what you do, which is providing the great service, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had those moments where you were retweeted by Russell Brand and you're like, yay. And then it's like, okay, now you get back to work with what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's this famous, um, there's the same famous quote uh, from, um, you know, from Steve Jobs, uh, there was some some incredible news that came out of Apple. You know, they they had like the best year ever, and like everybody's cheering, uh, everyone's super super happy. And there's this famous email that he sends to the, the all at AppleCorp.com uh, basically, which says, "I'm sure you all saw the news. Now back to work, <laughs> Steve." So um, you know, it's not entirely like that at Y Plan. You know, we do celebrate our successes because yeah. this just is just you know the hours are long as they are. Uh, and the works hard as it is, but uh, but definitely the culture is that of okay, awesome. 
what's next? Back to work. Uh, yeah. yeah, just like their leader, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a few more questions. Uh, your opinion of uh, the state of London tech startup. You know, what are we doing right, and what do we need to do differently? Mm-hmm. Um, overall, the scene has evolved uh, at an incredible pace, as uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll agree. You know, the last several years have been uh, have been fantastic, right? Yeah. There is, uh, if if you look at it, it is impressive how many. Uh, industry-leading startups uh, there, uh, you know, emerged basically just in the last few years. You know, look at the likes uh, of Halo, look at the likes of Huddle, for example, right? Uh, you know, I, w- I would put Yplan in the same category, you know, City Mapper guys, um, you know, several other companies that are literally just redefining, you know, Shazam for that matter, you know, didn't come out like in the last, you know, couple of years, but really emerged as a leader in that space. Like they're just, you know, fully, you know, and legitimately global companies redefining uh, redefining the the entire the entire industry that they're in. So, I think it's been uh, it's been it's been a very very positive development uh, in the last uh, you know several years in terms of the ecosystem here. Mm. Um, you know, in um, in London, we uh, I think you know we here in London used to struggle uh, quite a bit uh, from kind of lack of uh, competitive financing. For startups, uh, so you know the the early investment scene in particular, so angel investment and seed type inv- investment, because you know what what companies need at the early stage is yes cash, but also just smart advice, and smart advice means that somebody who's experienced and somebody who has gone through it is genuinely helping out the new breed of entrepreneurs to succeed and they will do everything and they will invest the long hours and they will make the connections and they will proactively suggest and they will help to catapult that early 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 you know idea and the few founders and kind of the early team into something that's a little bit more substantive right and has some traction you know is yeah. is, is growing so i think we used to and it's a little bit uh, a little bit of a kind of uh, virtuous circle right if you if you have successful companies that have successful IPOs or be successfully acquired, you know, then individuals from those companies over time become angels or partners in VC funds who then smartly fund a new breed of entrepreneurs. And it just keeps on kind of coming back. Plus, you know, they set obviously uh, an example, right? Especially to the younger generation, you know, folks who maybe are still at school, they need role models. They need the, you know, Steve Jobses and the Bill Gateses uh, in order to say, you know, mama, I want to be an entrepreneur. If you ask a 12-year-old if he wants to be an entrepreneur, does he know what an entrepreneur actually means? Well, yeah. in the States, everybody knows Steve Jobs and everybody knows Bill Gates. And I'm not saying they're the only two entrepreneurs, but they definitely, you know, have several of those iconic names that that are household names mm. and that necessarily inspire an entire generation uh, to, uh, you know, to really think uh, about, uh, you know, entrepreneurship being a career. So I would say that, you know, and, and we do have success stories here in the UK, quite a few of those. So I would, I would say that we, we should definitely celebrate that a lot mm. more. You know, um, Brent Hoberman, for example, lastminute.com, right? Uh, a bunch of other entrepreneurs that built like real successful businesses, you know, Zoopla guys, for example, who's hugely successful, Just Eat, hopefully, you know, we'll go, as we all saw in the news recently, we'll, we'll have a successful IPO, you know, still in the first half of this year. Like there is a lot of success to be shared and I think it needs to be shared uh, and generously, right? Uh, and that will inspire an entire new breed of entrepreneurs essentially to kind of, you know, just... Uh, just 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 start uh, running the business or starting the businesses and then and then you have uh, you know a smart ecosystem uh, you know of capital and advice uh, supporting them so closing that loop is very important and then ultimately I think you know fostering the um, you know the exit ecosystem yeah. uh, I was just telling before the interview that uh, you know I think you know Zoopla and just eat you know they're they're, they're, th- they're thinking of going uh, IPO in London right um, 
And they, if, had they been both, uh, you know, American companies, they could have done the IPO on NASDAQ or, or New York Stock Exchange a long time ago. Why? It's just that sort of culture. It encourages earlier stage technology companies to go IPO and there will be demand. There will be institutional investors that will willingly invest in those slightly younger maybe companies than the European investors, uh, you know, would accept uh, are kind of healthy, you know, for the stock market. But a stock market is, is or should be uh, a, a viable, uh, you know, exit option uh, for a lot of the companies. Uh, and uh, in Europe, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at the kind of percentage of, um, you know, venture capital portfolio investments that uh, are being acquired by larger companies vis-a-vis -vis that go uh, IPO, you know, that, that ratio is just, is, 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 is uh, you know, enormously skewed towards M&A uh, and, not, and not IPO. So yeah. encouraging okay. the public markets to embrace the technology companies, but also encourage the, you know, larger, more successful technology companies uh, to, to have an incentive to look for potential acquisitions in the UK. That is very healthy for the ecosystem ultimately, because you need to start, grow, succeed, and then float or sell, rinse, repeat, right? And that is what's good for the, uh, for the, uh, for the startup ecosystem. And I think the government has been doing uh, a lot of good work there uh, and, uh, and really hope that they will continue, you know, with all the good efforts, you know, to really revive and revitalize, uh, you know, the uh, you know, Silicon Roundabout area and, you know, uh, making sure there is, you know, um, entrepreneur-friendly, uh, like, tax incentives and uh, there is, uh, there's all sorts of IR&D, you know, tax credits, you know, for technology companies. All that is good. I just think we need to continue doing what we're doing, plus do a lot more. Uh, you know, okay. in order to really support the, the different bits of the ecosystem. Very well said. Last question, and we ask everyone sitting here in that chair this the same question. If you could make a phone call to the 20-year-old young man that was yourself and give him a little bit of advice, what would you tell him? This is a great question. Um, I think, you know, when I, I was trying to think what exactly I was doing when I was 20, and I was applying to business school, uh, actually, for, for an MBA program. At 20? At 20, and Jesus. I got in when I was 21. Um, and so I think that was, that was the, right, the right decision, certainly, at the time. You know, what piece of advice would I, um, would I give to myself? I would say uh, to, to definitely not try to reinvent the wheel with every step that I take and actually try and draw inspiration, but particularly knowledge, from people who have been there before. So it's a lot better to talk to two people than to read three books. If you're, if you're not sure of how to do a particular thing, go talk to people who've done it before. They'll give you advice that's, that's a million times more valuable uh, than uh, what you will find on Wikipedia or by buying a textbook. So I would just say, you know, even more, you know, interaction uh, and kind of be, be brave about it. Like if, if, you, like if, you're, if you're young, but you're very keen, uh, and you know where you want to go, but you have no idea for how to get there. Well, find people who have done that before, and they will be more than willing to help you out. So I guess I would be I would be even more kind of focused on on you know getting uh, getting sound advice from uh, you know from entrepreneurs in my case because I knew I'm going to be an entrepreneur at some point. Again, I had my first startup when I was 14, but that was a very small scale uh, kind of business in Lithuania, which is where I grew up. Um, and uh, but I knew I'm going to be back to doing bigger things in, in life. So I would have gotten a lot more advice at that time. And you did. You were the Wikipedia guy more than the advice guy. Uh, I did a little bit of both, but I didn't realize just how important uh, the advice part is. It kind of I, I lucked into a lot of the advice. Uh, and some of it was topical and some of it was, was not because uh, uh, I just you know, didn't focus necessarily enough on that. Okay. On that same note, what's the best advice you've ever received? 
The best advice I'd ever received. Um, somebody, uh, so when I was starting my, you know, the, the company were actually, you know, the, the flow was I left my job in order, my full-time job in venture capital uh, to start my own company. Um, and before I did that, uh, I did talk to, to several entrepreneurs and I was, mm. I was saying, you know, what is the main thing that I should be kind of focused on or, or concerned about? And uh, somebody said, you know, you really got to find the right co-founder. Uh, if you're to do it alone, think twice. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you can, find the right co-founder. Uh, and I then end up scratching my head and, you know, really thinking hard for a long time uh, who that co-founder should be. And it turns out it's the guy that I know the best, actually, and is my best friend anyway. So uh, it was, uh, you know, when, it, when you actually I realized that it was very, very liberating uh, and, um, and, and everything else kind of just fell into places. But it wasn't as obvious before I realized that this is the one thing that I need to get right. Okay, last part of that question. Um, to the 20-year-old that's listening to us now, you know, all over the world, west coast of, of U.S. or in China, what advice do you give them if they want to, you know, grow up and, and be like you to create something like Y-Plan or get involved in this sector? Um, I would say, you know, if you, if you want to create your own business, there is really no time that's too, too early to do that. You know, if you are at a university right now doing your, you know, uh, undergrad program or your master's program or whatever, start testing ideas. You know, don't just theorize start testing ideas, develop the most simple website you can, you know, go to uh, unbounce.com or, you know, another splash page, uh, you know, website, just, just launch it out there, you know, drive some traffic from Google for $50 and see what happens, see how they, how those people behave who come to your website. If you are talking about a different sort of business, well, figure out how else, like if it's, you know, offline or, you know, whatever you want to do, just figure out how else you could get some market feedback and market input because what you think doesn't matter. What matters is what the market thinks ultimately. And so it's a lot better to spend very little time and get a lot of feedback from the market uh, as opposed to, you know, spend a very long time theorizing and maybe developing a kind of, you know, first product and you launch it in three years only to realize that nobody wants it. Um, so if, if, you, if you want to be successful, I guess, you know, a, a very good way to do that is to fail early as opposed to work for a very long time and then fail late. So... That would be that would be kind of one piece. Uh, Good advice. The market advice. is always right. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Are you on Twitter? Are you the kind of guy that responds to emails? What's the best way? Yep, I am on Twitter. It's at uh, Redisvit V I T, uh, and uh, you can uh, you can also uh, you can also ping me an email, which is my first name at whyplanapp.com. So R Y T I S at whyplanapp.com. I read them all. Uh, I I'm out of capacity to respond to all of them, uh, but if it's topical and relevant for the company, will always you know it will always be forwarded to the right person in the company. Okay, and you're on Android now and iPhone. They can download yep. your app simply. Right? Absolutely, you it's just uh, go to the uh, respective uh, you know app store you know. Play Store and you find the app by typing Y Plan. Let's go on new Android phone. Plan. I'm going to get the new Android version. Well, uh, there you go. I, uh, I've been I've been messing with it lately. I really like the app. Um, I already see things I need to be taking my girlfriend to. And if she saw the things I saw, she would be like, "Why didn't you take me to that?" Which is how <laughs> you mentioned Ashton Kutcher before. Which is how he got involved with Y Plan because okay. uh, he was browsing around one evening and he's like, "Hey, Mila," and Mila was Mila Kunis, his girlfriend. She was filming a, a movie here in London. He's like, "Well." How about we go? How about we go to Royal Albert Hall today? And she's like, well, "How do you know? Like, is, is, is there's anything going on?" She's like, "Well, no. There's this cool event going on. There's a classical musical concert, a music concert at Royal Albert Hall." She was game, and they went out, and that's how they discovered Y Plan, and that's how the, you know he got involved ultimately in the company as well. So you know, go ahead and uh, and do suggest some of those uh, some of those those ideas to your girlfriend, and uh, you know, before she did to you. 
I like can, it. We can uh, ask we'll see if we can get Ashton Kutcher and Stephen Fry on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's easy. Just make a call and uh, just make a call. We'll say yeah, Let's talk about wide club. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Our time is up. That was a seriously packed hour full of information. So thanks so much for coming on and giving us the story. Thanks uh, very much for having me. Yeah. I'm very bullish on this whole story. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait till you guys are in 200 cities. It boggles the mind. But then again, why not? So, why uh, why, yeah, why, why <laughs> all good um if you're listening to us on itunes you can watch our faces on uh on uh youtube channel silicon reel if you're watching us live thank you so much for watching the uh, fully produced version of this will be out in about a week uh we're on twitter at silicon reel uh as we say it's about the people it always just shows when we have people like this talking so uh, we're very lucky we are lucky bryce thanks for coming back Thanks for having me back. Hope we're going to see more of you in the you, next few uh, months. You, can't, you won't be able to get rid of me soon. Okay. All right, guys. All the best to you, and uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much. All Thank right, you. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. You have to look. You have to search our authenticity. You know, real passion, real commitments, um, kind of facts, things that can't, you know, uncon- uncontrovertible truths. Is this business and personal? Uh, you know, I, I see no, uh, you know, everything in my business life blurs with my personal <laughs> life and I definitely that's the, that's and the quote, I, quote of the episode yeah. and I definitely